vacation season. We're on the road, but uh, we're glad you're here today, and we're gathered to worship the Lord together. Would you stand with me, please? And let's, let's pray God's touch upon this time that God would speak to you and to me something fresh to our hearts today. Heavenly Father, we do come in the name above all other names, the name that makes demons tremble, but the saints rejoice, the name that causes sickness to flee, the name that draws even little children to come and sit at his feet. And we come in that name of Jesus today because we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ through a relationship to you, mighty God. We pray, Father God, today that you would speak in ways that we need to hear. Through the praise and worship, receive our praise, Father God. And as we study your word, let your word penetrate to the deepest recesses of our heart. We ask, Father God, that we will leave this place different than we came in. For those that are watching on the live stream, I pray, Father, that first of all, I pray you'd help them with any technical difficulties they're having. We know that the enemy is the prince of the power of the air, and he wants to disrupt this message from going out today. Father, help them to ferret through all the challenges and tune in and praise you. And we ask, Father God, that you would present yourself wherever this message is going out. We consecrate this altar as a place of transformation and change for each person. And we pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we're getting ready to worship, I'm going to get out of the way here in just a second. But I first of all want to say a big thank you to everyone who came out to help us on Friday and Saturday as we were ministering food and prayer and witness to people at the drive-thru yesterday. We do have a few things left over. We have some about 60 dozen eggs that need to find a good home after the service today. We have some other food out there, not much. We, we gave out everything we could give out, and we praise God for that opportunity. So after the altar service, make your way to the barn. There's also the free yard sale out there to bless somebody with. But right now, let's give some praise to God in the house. Amen.
maybe. Are we up? Yeah, I think we're up. doesn't want this service to happen today. <laughs> um, so just give us a couple more moments while we get everything squared away. Continue to fellowship. Continue to do whatever it is that you are doing at home. And we will be back in service shortly. I think we're good to go. Um, let's get back to praising God and doing what we're not supposed to do because someone doesn't want it to happen today. <laughs> going to be one of those days. These are the days that I have in my nightmares, that there's no music up here, or the sound completely goes off, or the keyboard is off key. So we're just going to have it all in one day and get it all done and over with.
some excitement this morning. We got to keep you all on your toes, make sure you're awake. So hopefully everyone is awake and ready for church now. Yeah, we're ready. Um, this week up, oh, Paul Paul Mark, come on up here. I almost forgot your cue. If we have any guests with us today or anyone, if the live stream is still up, which yeah, it's good. So if you're on the live stream, welcome. Um, if we have any guests with us today, just go ahead and slip up your hand. And this gentleman here has a little communication card. If you could fill it out and put it in one of the offering plates. So that way you can keep informed of what's going on here at the church. And we can keep in contact with you. Can we have a round of applause for our guests today? 
Amen. We have our uh, Wednesday. We have our Wednesday services once again this week. We'd love to see you come out. We have a 10 a.m. Bible study with Pastor, and we will be going over the book of Luke. And then, if you're a youth, we have a Wednesday with Cha Cha at the pool at the Williams Estate. So it'll be a great time for y'all to come out, have some fun, swim. And then in the evening at seven o'clock, we have our usual services. We have youth, adult Bible study, minis, all the good stuff. And we'd love to see you come and join us here on Wednesday for our services. Excuse me, Mr. Mark, do you have, do you have your flyers? We'll get to that next. No, you're good, you're good. We'll get to that next. A special announcement for all of our parents out there. If you do not know, Miss Annette Burner is doing an amazing job for our BGMC, and she has a special announcement. We have a Buddy Barrel decorating contest going on right now where they can make their Buddy Barrels look like anything that they want, and I've seen some, I've seen some good ideas. Come here. Please. I've seen some good ideas, so those are due next week, right? Today. Sorry, they're due today. Wow, this announcement's got really, pay attention. <laughs> All right, so anyway, now that this young man is back, we are having a block party here Saturday, July 29th from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m., and if you would like to come and help out, we need, need, need you to sign up for that. Okay, so if you're gonna come out and be able to help us, we appreciate it, but we need you to sign up. What he has is some cool handy dandy flyers that have all the good information you will need, and we have a QR code in the bottom corner. I hope everyone knows how those work. If you don't, open up your camera and it will pop up a link that you can click on, and that is for anybody who wants to attend, they can sign up that way. So we have an idea of who will all be here. So, you have some too? All right, these two fine gentlemen have some flyers, so if you would like them, just slip up your hand and they'll pass them out for you so you can pass them out to people that you know you love and get all that information out there. Also, this week, we have the youth they will be traveling to Camp Syker for on Thursday for the next 10 days. And I'm super excited. I went to Syker, like, I think this is my fourth year now. I'm a counselor there. And it's just a wonderful time for the young people. And it, it honestly just changes your heart. And it's a great time to meet God and just have him do amazing things in your life. And I'm so excited to see everything that God has prepared for these young students. But if you're not necessarily young anymore, we would still love to see you <laughs> come and join us for an evening service or come hang out for the day. And just, you have to experience it. If you haven't been there before, it's an amazing time. So we'd love to see you come out. That's gonna be the 20th through the 30th. Now, if everyone wants to stand with me and we can re-enter to a time of worship, hopefully this time all the electronics stay on. Thank you. 
you may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, everybody. Praise God. News of my demise is greatly exaggerated. <laughs> He's back. Uh, all I can figure is, I'm not trying to be paranoid about this, but all I can figure is, I've been eagerly awaiting the opportunity to share this message this morning, and uh, it's a message that unmasks the enemy and what he's doing, and he doesn't like that. And uh, so we're, we're going we're gonna to do it anyway. And we're just going to plot on. Those who are watching on live stream, it's back on now, I understand. Uh, the prince of the power of the air tried to knock us off. And, and we're, but we're going to keep, keep preaching the word and keep studying God's word. I have a question before we start. Uh, are there any messy people here? Any, any messy people? Any? The person you just looked at is probably the one we're talking about. You know, my wife's looking up at me. I'm, I'm a mess. I, I, I can sit in a chair and there's a mess all around me. Anybody willing to own up the fact that you can create messes where no messes previous, previously existed? Well, this, this message is about that mess. We're going to talk to you. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of God's Word? Turn to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and beginning with verse number 1. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 1, beginning with verse number 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ who will also confirm you to the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Father God, thank you so much for sending the Holy Spirit to speak through Paul to a church in the middle of a mess. We ask your touch upon this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. When you go through the New Testament, I think everybody realizes 
that the letters that Paul was used to write to the Corinthian church have a lot of stuff in them that you say, that went on in a church? <laughs> that, 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 that went along with believers? That, that, that actually happened? Paul has some very strong words. At one point he says, yeah, I'd love to talk to you as mature believers, but you're just little babies running around messing yourself. That's uh, Paul's words to the Corinthians. But the Holy Spirit led me in a different direction this morning as I was looking this past week, not to look at the church right now, but to look at the city the church was planted in, Corinth. It was one of the most important cities, trade cities in the Roman world. It was about halfway between Rome and the Far East conquests. It was kind of like the New York City of its day, not the capital, but significant. It was a metropolitan city, crossroads of the day. But it was a messy, messy place to be. That city was a mess because the people in the city were a mess. It was an immoral city. Temple prostitutes. There were temples on just about every street corner of this megalopolis of Corinth. And in each one, they would have opportunities to have sexual relationships with temple prostitutes. You say, what? Oh, yeah. An immoral city. Child molestation was allowed. Homosexuality was allowed. Gambling was allowed. You say, well, what's so wrong about that? Well, they would take bets on how long it would take for the gladiator to kill the Christian. Or how long it would take for the lions to tear them limb from limb. It was the center of the black market. You could buy anything if the price was right. In their day, the hallucinogenic drugs were available on the street corners. And even though as a Roman city, it seemed as if the rules of Rome did not apply. It was a wealthy city. Homer, the poet, said, he called it in his writings, wealthy Corinth. The adage that money can buy everything. Athletics was also a premium there in Corinth. Yes, they had the amphitheaters and the theaters and all the racing and all of that, but it had gone to a different level. It was the betting capital on athletics of the Roman Empire. People went there, kind of like a Las Vegas today, where they would go there and they would bet on anything. Have you seen the, the ads for the new betting stuff in here in Ohio? How could you miss it if you turn on your TV? They, I mean, they're just throwing it out there. And then at the, at the bottom, they have a little floater on the bottom of the screen saying, if you have a problem with gambling, 
we'll give you your first loss and we'll give you money on top of that. Huh? Have you ever noticed that they have very glitzy uh, gambling places? Guess who paid for it? The losers. The losers. And it must have been a tidy sum. But in, the, in Corinth, history tells us that Corinth was a betting capital. People would go from other places to bet on the various things that were going on. Betting an amusement on the gladiators. Seeing who could sever an ear. There were bets such as this. It was a family unfriendly city. It was the divorce capital of the Roman Empire. Affairs, immorality, commonplace. Children were bought and sold as slaves. All over Asia Minor and even as far as Egypt, people would come to Corinth to engage in activities and behavior that was prohibited in their country. It was a mess. Corinth seemed to get a free pass from the Roman Empire. It seemed that they say, well, just go there and do whatever, and what happens in Corinth stays in Corinth. Temples everywhere lifting up hundreds if not thousands of false deities, shrines and altars to all of them. They had the Greek gods and the Roman gods and anybody else's gods that they could fit in. It was a god, small g city with a godless mentality. It was a rebellious city. People from Rome and Greece and Asia bringing all of their gods and their false practices and religions to that one place. And it was amalgamated together into a cesspool of sin. They worshiped gods that were just like themselves. Lustful, vengeful, incest, deceitful, bloodthirsty and perverted. If you ever had to, how many of you ever had to take a class on Greek and Roman mythology? Or Norse mythology? You find that the gods and goddesses were at the worst of humankind and they were the ones they wanted to be like. All types of sexual dysfunction, incest was possible and promoted. What a mess. And yet, God in his divine wisdom sent a guy named Paul to plant a church right in the middle of the mess. What was God thinking? God was thinking, I've got a message 
that can clean up this mess. Because God's word is true. No matter what the mess is, God's message is still true. The enemy of your souls and mine wants us to throw up our hands and say, what good does it do to try and be a, a Christian, a godly person? Look at the mess we're in. That's because Satan knows the truth. He was once walking on streets of gold. He was an angel. He had a resplendent position leading worship until he wanted to be that which was worshiped. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall. And he took with him a third of the angels and his desire is to cause you to believe that the word cannot transform a life. That the message can't clean up a mess. To feel that no matter how much you preach or teach Jesus Christ, it can't transform the world in which you live. Watch the news. Watch all of the things that are, that are going on. And a hopelessness can set in. Can I get a witness from anybody? Well, what good does it do? What, why bother? Because Satan knows what we sometimes forget. God has a message to clean up any mess. Why did God plant a church in the middle of a messy city like Corinth? Because he wanted to change the mess into a miracle. Because the word of God is true. The word of God is true. Somebody ought to shout out loud, the word of God is true. John 3.16 is still true. No matter how big of a mess we're in, God so loved this mess that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever, it doesn't matter how messy, the message is transformation, salvation, eternal life. It's true. And 1 John 1, 9 is true. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, listen carefully to that verse, though. That if... Some people want us to shift away from confronting sin. They want the pulpit to be a place of soothing calm and optimism. And you walk in feeling kind of bad and you walk out feeling good about yourself. I'm sorry, that's not my goal. <laughs> sin must be confronted. Because the word says, and the word is true, if we confess our sin, if we confess our sin, not if we feel bad, 
Not if we feel ashamed, but if we confess our sin, then he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and then to cleanse the mess. You say, well, pastor, why are you being so hard about this? Because today's religion, today's Christianity forms are suggesting that you do not have to acknowledge sin. You're just forgiven. But you see, if we don't confess it as sin, and if nobody tells us what the word has to say, that it's sin. Did you know that immorality is sin? Did you realize that, that the things that are going on in our world today is sin? If we just say, well, it's just kind of uh, a tough time. No, it's sin. I'll get to this in a moment, but the whole thing, they use a, a word called abortion. And I looked up abortion. It means to stop something. Like if I... Uh, was planning a trip to the moon and I got on my rocket ship and I'm sitting there waiting for the, the, the send-off, the countdown, and they say, oh, I'm sorry, there's a leak in this and there's a, something over here. We have to abort the mission. Well, when they abort the mission, nobody dies. Right? That's true. <laughs> when they abort the mission, nobody dies. Everybody's happy. Well, you know, I'm sorry, your flight has been delayed. Okay. I don't want to be in the air when the plane's going to crash. My flight was aborted. It, it, was, it, was, it was taken off the list. That's not what they mean by abortion. They want to say there's a life there, and we want to murder that life and put a term that says, well, we're just aborting. Somebody dies in every abortion. Somebody dies. It's murder. It's premeditated murder in the first degree. Actually, in the worst degree. We need to call it sin. You say, well, pastor, you're going to make people that, what, are you going to, what do you have to say to that person that uh, maybe years ago they, they had an abortion? I, I, there is forgiveness in Jesus Christ. But it is not a whitewash forgiveness that the sin is still there and it's unconfessed and it's not been forgiven. We don't just paint over a black wall and say it's white because the black will come through if, if we confess our sin. If I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Amen. If. But people want forgiveness without confession of sin. They don't want to own up to it. Whew. 
God has a message for this mess of Corinth because 1 Timothy 1.15 is still true. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. If we don't confess it, we don't get to receive it. But in order to confess it, you've got to know that it's sin. The enemy wants to stop the pronouncement of a word called sin so that he can lure us into a place where we're not having forgiveness. We're just painting over a black wall with white paint. And when the weather hit it, the, the black's going to shine through. An old farmer, <laughs> this happened in the uh, first church I pastored. We were out in the, in the boonies. We were out in the sticks. They didn't have addresses. Any of you ever lived in a place that didn't have addresses? We were rural route two out of Hillsboro. And it was very tough learning how to find the people of my congregation with no address. Third barn to the left that used to be white, turn right there. You know. Well, one of the farmers gave me an illustration. He was teaching Sunday school class, and I was listening in. And he said, you know, we all, all of us who raise cattle, we have a manure pile. And some people think when it snows, our farms look better. Because the manure pile is covered with white, fluffy snow. But you know what's going to melt before anything else? Because that, in that manure pile, there's things that's going to melt the whitest, fluffiest snow, and the manure pile shines first. The same thing with sin. You can whitewash it, my friend. You can say it's an error, a mistake. I, I feel badly about that. If we don't confess it as sin, we just try to cover it up, it's going to show up again in another area. Corinth was a mess. But God had a message for that mess. That 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 is true. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. His lack of judgment falling upon America and upon our lives and back then upon Corinth is not because he's not going to judge. He's giving opportunity for repentance so he can wash the slate clean. He has a mess in Corinth, but he has a message that can clean it up. And he sent Paul there to start that, that work to clean up the mess because Romans 5.20 is true where sin abounded. Grace did much more abound. 
the bigger the mess, the mightier the message of our God that he can take the worst mess we can produce and he can turn it around and bring victory and salvation and eternal life and hope and a transformed world. Where sin abounds, could I get a witness? Sin's abounding. Corinth was a mess. But it's the kind of mess that God sent a message to through Paul that things could be different. Would you admit it? Before Jesus forgave you, you were a mess too. I know I was a mess. You say, well, you were raised in church. Yeah. There's still a lot of messes that go on in church. You may be here today and you're in the middle of a mess and you haven't owned up to it and you haven't asked God for forgiveness and confessed it as sin. So you're living in a delusion that you're okay with God even though you have not confessed the sin and allowed him to forgive you of it. You're living in delusion, in rebellion, serving gods that are just like you, entertainment. Sports can become a god. I love sports, but I don't bow down at the altar and worship it. And as I was studying about Corinth, with all of the mess in that city. I'm not talking about the church yet. Just the city the church was planted in. With all that mess, God planted a church there. It struck me of how much like Corinth Columbus is. Can I get a witness? Columbus is a mess. Oh, it's such a beautiful city. It's a mess. You may whitewash it, but the manure is going to come through. There's violence in our streets. There's violence in our homes. There's violence in our schools. There's violence in the streets. Murder. I remember growing up in Columbus. We didn't have a lock on our door. I'd go to school and kids would say, oh, I, I got a key to the, and I didn't know what they were talking about. They'd come home from school and unlock the door. We, we didn't have a lock on our door. I, I, I was like 12 before we got a door lock because things didn't happen. It was a moral, seemingly moral society. Not anymore. You may have three or four locks on your door today. Murder. Intruding in every... Whether you're, you're a little shop owner on the east side of Columbus trying to help your neighborhood out and somebody pulls through the drive-thru and shoots you dead. Immorality. Columbus is a mess. Columbus is a mess. 
It is a cesspool of immorality, of flagrant sexuality on the streets of our cities they'll have a march a pro-abortion march they won't call it what it is a pro-murder march because that wouldn't float well it doesn't sound good you're marching and saying I want the right and I want everyone to have the right to murder a baby Oh, no, it's just a fetus. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a baby. It's alive. There's a heartbeat. Oh, what? Uh, heartbeat. Mm. If you don't want anything political, better turn your hearing aid off. I don't preach politics, but I do preach righteousness, folks. Coming up in a couple weeks, it's going to be a vote. And I don't care what the ads say, the real snakes are behind the no vote ads. Just saying. Issue one is saying we want to make it harder to change the Constitution than just a simple majority 50% plus one vote. You know, some of the reasons there are this. The U.S. Constitution has 27 amendments with a few pending. 27. What, what, what year did we start this thing called America? 17 what? Huh. And we only got 27 amendments. Ohio began its life at 1803, and there are 170 amendments because it's a simple majority. And of those 170 amendments, several of them have been put on the books and then several years later taken off the books because a majority changed their mind. Right now, we have on the books a heartbeat bill, standard. When a heartbeat is detected in a baby, all bets are off because there's life. And forces want to pressure you realize there's billions of dollars being poured into the ads that are misleading at best. I've answered the question to several people in the last several, several weeks. Well, you know, it's just corrupt politicians. Wait a minute. They're trying to make it so it's harder for small groups of powerful, money-hungry people, liberal idealists, to get their will enforced upon the state of Ohio. To make it just a little bit trickier. To get them a, 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 a larger vote. So that we're not just adding amendments and then changing them a couple years later. I warned you that this would happen last year. Anybody remember? I warned you 
that the battle was not over when Roe versus Wade was struck down. I warned you. I warned you. I says, it's not the time to stop praying. They're going to circle the wagons another way. They're going to come around the back door. They're going to try and change the Ohio Constitution. I said that from this pulpit. I'm not a prophet. I don't pretend to be. I know the devil, though. And I know his strategies. And he's going to sneak in the back door to try and get a, a simple majority with all the money because I talked to scores of people who are confused because of all the ads. Can I see, see some hands? You're confused about it. I talked to some just this morning. They didn't know which way to go because the ads are so confusing and misleading that it's, it's, it's trying to take our voting rights away. No. It's trying to make it harder to manipulate the voting politic. Lives stand in the balance of this. I'll just let you know, this pastor's voting yes for issue one because I regard life. Power ought to go out about any time now. <laughs> Abortion is not just making something go away. It's killing a life, a soul that Jesus died for. It's serious business. But it's not just abortion. They want to change. They want easy access to hallucinogenic drugs. That's on the, on the agenda, too. Everybody. Oh, alcohol is such a wonderful product, isn't it? We're killing people by the tens of thousands every day in America, and so we want to legalize some more hallucinogenic drugs, marijuana. It's, oh, marijuana is just a... No, it's a gateway drug. If you've ever counseled with somebody that's drug addicted, they got into it through a gateway drug. They didn't start on the hard stuff. They started on a gateway drug. It's not harmless. It's not beneficial. I got to get off of this. Homosexuality. We're in a mess here in Columbus. Do you realize that people are moving to Columbus because of our soft stance on the, I forget how many letters there are in the thing now, L-G-B-T-Q-R-S-D-Q-R-Y-Z-M, whatever's. You say, are you saying that you're against them? No. I'm for their soul. I care more about their soul than these people that want them to think it's not sin. If it's a sin that Jesus, the Lord God Almighty, would come down to Sodom and Gomorrah and try and find 25 righteous people so he could spare the town. He wanted to spare the town. But they wouldn't. And he judged sin. And my friends... 
just as certainly as he judged sin. You say, well, how can you prove it? They're beginning to find some of the rubble from a city that was destroyed with fire from heaven around the Dead Sea. Folks, if he judged it once, it was sin back then, it's sin today. Amen. And a city that engages and makes a warm place and just says we're going to be supportive. And they're proud of that which God calls sin. We're in a mess. We're in a mess. Could you say it with me if you believe what I'm saying? We're in a mess. Columbus is a mess. Proud of sinful lifestyles. Drugs rampant. I saw a sign the other day. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Big billboard. You know how much those things cost to put signs up on them? They're not cheap. Well, there's a billboard. It's right over on, uh, on Georgesville. Be sure and test your drugs for fentanyl. Well, it's all right if you're doing drugs. They're illegal and all, but we want you to be safe. We're in a mess. There's a general confusion about what is right and wrong. The gambling. Do you realize that if you want to gamble, you can gamble on about anything? They, they have new gambling apps where you can get them on your phone and you can invest money and they can even tie it to your bank account. You can invest on what color whistle the officials start the game with. I'm not kidding. Of whether the starting pitcher will be left-handed or right-handed before it appears in the program. People will bet on anything, trying to get money easily and quick. There's no broke bookies. It's a family unfriendly place, Columbus is today. Torn apart by activity, sin, divorce rate, soaring, immorality, perversions, from drag queens wanting access to our children, to incest and rape on the docket to become law. Man-child love is going through the states and they're putting it in amendments where it's no longer illegal to molest a child when they're willing. Rather than focusing on the heinous act that occurred a year or so ago, where a lady, uh, ter loose term, a woman, her live-in boyfriend, marriage is not an option anymore, you know, you just, commitment, no, had, an, had sex with a nine-year-old girl, right? You've seen it on the news. But basically, their spin is this. 
It's Ohio's laws that are the problem here. They had the guy's trial. He raped a nine-year-old girl. She became expectant. And the spin of the news, every news channel that I listen to it on, every news channel is about how nasty Ohio is. We need to change that rule, that heartbeat rule, because they had to go all the way to Indiana to have a murder. And the mother of the little girl, the girlfriend of the guy who committed it, she's still standing with him. We're in a mess. Folks, we're in a mess. We're in a mess. Columbus is a mess. Rather than focus upon his heinous act and put him away where he can't bother anybody else, they're focusing on Ohio's abortion laws, the heartbeat law. Columbus is a mess. Athletics are worshipped. Athletes are worshipped. We're allowed to pay them money now. Those high school and college athletes where, well, we've got the college. Well, it'll go down to the uh, high schools pretty soon, don't you think? Ohio State University draws from all over the world and brings their cultures and religions, false gods, and mindset. And yet as wicked and as big a mess as Columbus, Ohio is, our God said, I'll build my church there and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Pastor, uh, there, there's, what do you have to say to it? Well, I say what the word says. Where sin abounds, God's grace does much more abound. Can a church, a Bible-believing church, can a people that believes the Word of God make a difference in a mess of a city like Corinth? Yes, they could. And can a church, a body of believers, make a difference in a place like Columbus, Ohio? Yes, we can. It's not about us. It's about Jesus building His church. Well, pastor, there's, there's all kind of churches around. Uh, which one is right? The one that preaches that Jesus is the only way to be saved? The ones that preach and believe that salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ and transform lives. There's not enough church buildings to house all the lost people in Columbus, Ohio. We got a massive mess in our city. But we have the Messiah's message that can clean up the mess. Just like the woman and her sons, the oil kept being filled as long as they were vessels. I believe God can fill every church. We just got to keep preaching the message. I don't know about you. I think Trinity would be a great place to fill up with people who come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Bring your vessels. We'll offer this vessel up as a place. Revive Church over on, on Sullivan. 
offering that up as a place. Other places where the gospel is preached that Jesus Christ can forgive the person who confesses their sin and grant them eternal life. I'm behind that. I want to fill that vessel too. I want to fill the churches that believe Jesus Christ is Savior, Son of God, and coming King. We don't have room for them all here, but we'll use the room we have to fill it. What a mess Corinth was. What a mission Paul had. What a message of hope. I got to bring it down here. Now, who in the world is going to come to this church at Corinth? Messed up people. And if you've read the letters to the Corinthian church, you realize that messed up people did come to that church. <laughs> Paul had to talk to him quite a bit. He didn't say, well, we've got a crowd. We'll just let, they're comfortable. We'll just let anybody come and, and uh, they can do whatever they want. Oh, no, no, not Paul. No. He said, there's some of you that are doing this and you better stop it or I'm going to plead God's judgment on you. Oh, there's that guy doing ancestral relationships. Well, everybody in town's doing that. Not in our church. Uh -uh. If you don't clean up your act, we're going to ex exit you from the church. Whoa, that's kind of strict. Yeah, because you see, the Corinthian church became a mirror image of the city it was in. And they weren't changing anybody's life. We cannot afford to be a mirror image of the city of Columbus either. Amen. We cannot afford to say, well, we want to be nice. We don't offend anybody. We don't hurt anybody's feelings. We won't call abortion murder. We won't call homosexuality sin. We won't call anything. We won't uh, bother anybody about this. My friends, that's not this church Amen. because we want to be his church. And it was the Holy Spirit that moved Paul to write those things to the Corinthian church. We cannot afford, and God cannot bless, a church that is just a mere reflection of the city we're in. He wants us to be a reflection of who he is in the city. He wants us to be a reflector that the glory of the Lord comes down and it's reflected out and they'll see it's not this person or that person. They're not holier than I am. They're just like I am, but there's something different. The power of Jesus Christ has transformed their lives. That's how they built the church at Corinth. Sinners got saved. People who were involved in incest got saved. They confessed their sin and were forgiven. What a transition from 1 Corinthians to 2 Corinthians. He commends them in 2 Corinthians because you took care of that. How many of you think the commendation of the Lord would be a good thing to have? In the same church at Corinth, there was righteous and unrighteousness going on. But we didn't, it didn't peacefully coexist because 
Jesus came to set people free from the mess. But they got to know they're in a mess before they turn loose of it. If we confess our sin, then he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse the mess away. I got to close with this. I don't know if any of you have ever seen this program. It's uh, Pickers, uh, American Pickers. The, you know, the, the guys go out and they're in a nice Mercedes van, as a matter of fact. Must be money in this. And they go out and they'll walk through junk. Have you seen it? I mean, no, what I'm talking about. American Pickers, they go out and they walk through junkyards and say, wow, that's gorgeous. Look at that. And I'm going, that's junk. But they walk through and they'll go climbing in piles of trash. They'll dumpster dive. They'll go in and there's, there's bat excrement all over and they'll dust off and say, look at that. I said, I ain't going in there. I don't want it. I'm afraid of the mess. Hmm? Folks, that's the way Jesus walks through Columbus, Ohio. We see only the mess, and we want, don't want to get messed up by the mess. It's understandable. But Jesus sees the treasure underneath the mess. He sees what can happen when he comes in with a message that can clean up the mess. He sees broken lives. He sees wounded hearts. He sees families torn apart. He sees people with their mind messed up by drugs and by perverted thinking. He sees all kinds of things going on. And he said, you know what? If I get a chance, I can turn that mess into a miracle. He can turn your mess, my mess, our city's mess into miraculous things if we confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse the mess. Would you stand with me, please? I think it got a hint of why the enemy doesn't want this message out there. But it's not enough to preach a message about it. We've got to put it into practice. We live in a mess. But we have a message. The old children's song says, Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. 
hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I'm going to let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. The invitation today is a simple one. If there's anybody here and you're willing to acknowledge your life's a mess, Jesus Christ came to seek you out. He can clean up the mess of your life. You have someone you care about that's lost in sin and seems to be ignorant of it. We invite you likewise to come and pray for them. If there's anybody watching that home because your life's a mess. You need Jesus. You don't need acceptance by the world. You need to confess your sin and let him cleanse the mess and make a miracle out of your life. This altar is open today for people who were once a mess but want to share a message of our society today. Quit just lamenting the mess. Start asking the Lord, how can I share a message that cleanses this mess? To intercede for the lost, to pray for family members and friends that are wandering away in hopelessness. Lives that are Maybe your family's in a mess. Maybe your work situation's in a mess. 